Throwback is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are tickets across all major leagues and teams. Also, sports tickets. We know we love that. GameTime also offers music and theater tickets as well. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Game on, everybody. Uh, welcome to the throwback and welcome to week eight. Uh, Monday was week eight, but now we're officially week eight because football is here. We're getting ready for the games this week. It is Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Brad Ziegler, as always. Hopefully, you're following everybody at Chris at Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler. You know, I'm at All and Kim and following us on The Athletic. If you're out there in the free verse listening to us, if you go to theathletic.com slash the throwback, it's 40% off the entire first year, which gets you access to all the articles, my rankings, which you can complain about. Chris's great work. Chris's great work in multiple sports, as myself. Baseball is coming back around. All the other podcasts, all the other great stuff from the writers. So let's look, get over there. It's like three bucks a day. Deal with it. Or not a day, a month. <laughs> three bucks a day would actually be kind of expensive. It's three bucks like a month with that deal. But let's talk week eight. We're going to really, as we normally do, briefly hit on Thursday Night Football because a lot of you might be listening after that game is already done. The Redskins side of things, look, Adrian Peterson, if he plays, he plays whatever. You're not getting that excited against Minnesota anyway. The question I do have for you guys on the Redskins side of it, Terry McLaurin was a must start. He had a bad matchup, but you roll him out there anyway, and he did disappoint in what was a bad matchup. It's not surprising uh, knowing the Redskins, but Chris, if he has another bad start, or in despite the fact that people might be listening after Thursday night for football, what's your confidence level in starting him against the Vikings? And then if he does have another bad start, does he go from must start to now benchable again? Yeah, I, I don't think he's a must start. I really like him, obviously. We're all fans of him. He's got, he's got a ton of upside, but there's just not a lot of weapons in Washington. So it seems like it's pretty easy when he does go up against a top defense like we've seen. San Fran, New England, got Minnesota this week in Minnesota. In Buffalo next week is not a great spot for him at all. So I, I would probably I'd treat him as a wide receiver three with that kind of upside. You know, you could definitely have better options, but... Yeah, to answer your question, I could see myself benching him next week. I, I could certainly see playing him this week, but next week I think is even tougher against the Bills. Like, they just don't give up anything. Yeah, my I actually have no problem playing him. The, I think last week was a little bit of an anomaly. They were playing in a swamp, and not that the 49ers defense isn't good, but, I mean, they, they only threw the ball 12 times in a game they were trailing the whole time because they basically couldn't throw the ball in that weather. Um, so they, you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's – I'm not saying that, that he would have had a great day against the 49ers defense in a, in a good weather game. I don't know, but I just know, like, I feel like had a big last game week had to Bears. be a little bit of an anomaly. 
What's that? I mean, I said he had a big game against the Bears. He went for seven. Yeah, like I, against I think he's still, I think he's still a must start. Um, you know, obviously the the like I said, the weather was a big issue. I think he's going to be fine against Minnesota. It may not be the the monster games we saw the first couple weeks of the season, but it also I think is very it, definitely inside the the top thirty six wide receivers. Yeah, and I think that it's crazy as it sounds. I think we would call fifty one yards against the Patriots. Is yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree. yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the most I, Gilmore's given up all year. Yeah, so I mean, also I, I, there is one argument out there it, that we're going to touch on this, but this is an interesting one. I'm glad I thought of it because people have been asking this, and my response has been the same this entire time, Brad. People are asking, should I trade the Patriots defense for blank? And usually, blank is a wide receiver too or a fringe RB2, and I'm like, do that immediately. It's a defense. I am never holding a defense because, yes, they have far outscored. Like, you take the second-place defense and double their score, and that's pretty much the Patriots. And, yes, they're up there with RB2s and wide receiver twos on their points per game. But let's be real. I'm not saying they're not an amazing defense. I'm not saying they're not in the conversation with the Bears and and the Jaguars when they're at the top of their game or all that. But at the same time, look at the schedule. They have faced the gutters of the gutter trash out there, and the schedule gets remarkably tougher for the second half. Again, I'm not saying they can't sustain being the number one, but if I'm getting a wide receiver two or RB two, Brad, I don't care how good they've been. I'm moving a defense for that every single time. I agree, and and unless you just don't need it, if the rest of your lineup is good, I mean, you probably took the Patriots defense at the end of your draft, and and if that's the case, the rest of your team might be really good. Don't trade them just to trade them. Like, just like, oh, yeah, I can get a wide receiver two. Well, yeah, if that wide receiver two is sitting on your bench because your other wide receivers are good, don't do it. Because, yes, they do hit a tough stretch of schedule. They play the Cowboys, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Eagles. But weeks 15 and 16, they're at Cincinnati, and they got the Bills at home. That's the fantasy Mm -hmm. playoffs. Like, those could be monster weeks again. I kind of wish we got week 17, too. Home against yeah, the they Dolphins. got the Dolphins week 17. Yeah, so in, in the random leagues that, that have week 17, like those, that's, you know, if you're if you're in a situation where you're already staring down like, oh, I'm probably going to be in the playoffs, I'm in a good spot in my league, you might think about hanging on to them solely for that reason because they will be monster defenses in the playoffs. Yeah, we, I mean, we had this conversation, I think it was this time last week, right, after they had another monster game. We, we talked about a certain network mentioning trading the Pats for absolutely everything besides CMC. And I mean, it's crazy to think about. And on the other side, I, I get it. But if you're sitting there with a Patriots defense, there's a good chance you're in first place, second place, third place, just from them alone, even like they've won you weeks. But I would flip them. I, I, I There's a defense I like in the maybe in the Jets, 9% ownership Yahoo. After this week against Jacksonville, Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincy, Miami. Like that's a pretty wow. good stretch. So if you could flip New England. That's why everybody wants to trade for Darnold. Yeah, exactly. And Robbie and Bell. After last yeah, now you can get him right now. You can get him for nothing. I think you can, <laughs> you can pick him off waivers. At this point. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And Robbie too. Like even knowing that they were up against the Patriots, some people are still a little bit bitter about Robbie Anderson. So I, I think a lot of the Jets are by lows. But if you can, you know, trade New England and pick up the Jets, I think that's a pretty decent. I mean, that's a win. I would say. Yeah. All right. For sure. That's, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought about it. Uh, Minnesota is pretty much covered at this point. We, you know, Adam Thielen's decision will be made for it. Well, I, I will say this. I put Adam Thielen as wide receiver three, and I've already got a couple questions about that. I put him there with the assumption that he's playing, and I'm going to keep him there if he's playing. The only way he's going to move, Chris, is if he's out because in a short week, I feel like that's where I need to bake in the risk as a wide receiver three is in he could be a decoy. He could pull David Johnson and come out early. 
Oh yeah, obviously he has top ten upside, but that's going to be your decision if you want to take that risk. Yeah, I, I think if he's active and he's playing as a Thielen owner, you, you got to roll him out there. I mean, he could just catch a couple for to? a touchdown. I, I don't know. I, I would roll him out there over McLaurin if he is active. If he's active, I feel like he's playing. Mm, yeah, and see, I, I disagree with that because I think the game flow is flipped. I, I think I think this is one of those games, I mentioned this on Monday, that it's possible that Minnesota only throws the ball you know, a dozen times in this game because if they're winning, they're just going to pound the rock. The volume will not be there for Thielen, whereas McLaurin, if the Redskins are playing from behind, which we all expect, they're going to be throwing the ball all game, and he's going to have at least a, an opportunity for higher volume, whereas Thielen you know, might get two or three catches for 30 yards, and, and he could also pull you. You said he pulled a David Johnson. I'm thinking he pulled a Sammy Watkins, where like he, you know, one it was essentially the same thing. Like he was trying to come, you know, go and play off a hamstring injury the week before, and like one play into the game had to shut it down. Like that's I could totally see that happening with this and making it a, a three or four week injury. Their smart move is to sit him this game and. If he's active, I still would not play him. I, I, I think they'll – I don't think they're going to play him anyways, which will help your decision out a little bit better. But I, I what, do you guys <laughs> even care about Cousins this week if Thielen doesn't play? Like it is such a Oh, I still do. I think great spot. Actually, th I've been telling everybody that Irv Smith is a great option if you need a tight end just for at least one week because yeah. they ran a ton – of 12 when Thielen came out of the game and Rudolph had a game, Irv Smith had a game, and Irv Smith is essentially, especially, here's the biggest thing we talk about all the time, Hawkinson. Hawkinson's on the field so much and Fant's on the field just because they want him at their uh, tight ends. But rookie tight ends generally don't get on the field that much because the biggest thing is a lot of them can't block. A lot of them don't, you know, get to that level quickly. And a lot of it involves, okay, well, we'll get them out there for pass catching opportunities. And that's why you worry about snap counts. Well, Hawkinson doesn't have that. Well, Irv Smith hasn't been out there because he doesn't get that many opportunities. But if you can put him out there at a 12 and ask him just to be a wide receiver, which he's essentially Evan Ingram, he could easily, like, Ola B.C. Johnson, everybody's talking about him this week. Irv Smith might be their second best wide receiver, and I say wide receiver this week specifically. Yeah, well, him and Rudolph, they combined for 12 targets, 10 catches. They were both involved, and, uh, yeah, if there's no Thielen, I would imagine it's going to be a similar output. Yeah, right, and so it makes a lot of sense because two, t two tight end, you know, two tight end uh, – uh, what's formats or or format formation? In. I know. What, what's the word here? Like formation uh, sets. Packages. Formation. Yeah, Set. two tight end formations. Yeah, two tight end formations are. Don't you hate when your brain does better for running? <laughs> so yeah, like it's. I'm still sick. So uh, two tight end formations are are good for the running game too, and that's we know that's what they want to do. If they don't have Thielen, that's what they're going to do. They're going to put Johnson opposite Diggs. They're going to run two tight end formations and run the ball all day. <laughs> I just I don't know why that made me think of it. Last night I was trying to think of the person who did Baby Got Back, and uh, I know it's Sir Mix a lot, but at the time Funkmaster Flex came into my mind, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. I'm like it's not Funkmaster Flex. I don't what, but I couldn't get it out of my mind because once it was already there. Like, yeah, Were you watching Friends on. last night? No, because that, that episode was but, on. That episode was on. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought you brought that up. It's super weird. No, no, no. I was. Uh, I'll tell you about it another time. <laughs> it's not inappropriate. It's just going to tie into something. I'm actually going to use enough. it for something. Brad, should I start question. Cousins in your guillotine league, though? That's that's really what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, super flex, throw, throw him out there. Oh, okay. But just make sure he's your QB2. Oh, if that's your best one, you're in trouble. I got All right, Stafford so and Ryan. Let's go to the first game that we got to get to for Sunday as the hedge clippers get close to my house, so hopefully you guys don't hear too much of that like I do. But Seattle at Atlanta, it sounds like Matt Schaub is playing, but there's two ways to look at this, Chris. 
I already got pushback on why is Calvin Ridley so high inside my top 20, despite the fact that the Seahawks past defense has been pretty terrible most of this year. At the same time, Matt Schaub is pretty terrible in comparison to Matt Ryan, but he's still going to throw the ball. He's still Matt Schaub and Calvin Ridley with the biggest thing I have about this is now Mohamed Sanu is not the most snapped wide receiver. Mm. He's not, he's not going to be out there all the time because guess who's going to be out there all the time. Now it's really in Julio Jones because guess what? Russell Gage and, um, Oh, now the other guy that I can't even think of his name, but they're not going to be out there taking snaps away from Calvin Ridley now, and that's why Calvin Ridley is inside the top 20 for me. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Immediately when I thought Sanu was dealt, I, I didn't even think about the impact in New England. I thought about the impacts in, in Atlanta and just how much they're throwing the football this year because of the defense and how brutal it is and the run game just non-existent. Chop could have a, a rough game only because – you know, the offensive line in Atlanta is really, really bad, whether they're going up against a defense that could generate pressure or not. I mean, you saw Matt Ryan on his butt. Every time I was watching that game, Matt Ryan was on his ass. Like, he really was. Like, he was just getting knocked over left, right, and center. Um, yeah, I, I Ridley, Julio, I, I think you do have to downgrade them overall with Schaub under center, but, yeah, they are going to throw the football a lot there. There's no question about that. And it is a win if you do have Ridley looking long-term by next week. Potentially, Ryan only misses this one game. It is decent news. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually think this is a monster week for Austin Hooper, as good as he's been to this point. Like, because their offensive line is so bad, a lot of times backup quarterback looks for the safety valve. He's going to be open in the middle of the field. Like, that's, I mean, he, he may get a dozen catches this week pretty easily. Watch this be the game that Atlanta wins. <laughs> <laughs> they turn it around and say, How is Dan Quinn still on this? Like, I was they just, say on the team, yeah, but, they just don't care, I guess. They just let it ride out. Oh, is this just on the other side, to use a term that Pat loves to use, is this just a smash spot for Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett this week? It should be, yeah. It really should be, especially for Carson. They just lean on him so much. Uh, and I'm sure Metcalf will show up on the board, too. Yeah, it's, it's Actually, just, here's it's a side question. Week. Because you know we don't even go anywhere with this, Brad. So in my article this week for rankings, I, I I went into the sunk cost fallacy, and I talked about with the people who hold on to people still at this point of the season, like, oh, am I really dropping? Blah blah blah. And my point was, you know, at this point, I mean, it's now week eight. It's not even week four where you can usually make that decision. It's now week eight, and my counter question has always been, when are you starting said player? Like, if you can't say I don't want to start him without two good games in a row. Drop him because you, you can't wait for two games in a row because they're really going to feel that confident in the third game. And then what if he disappoints in the third game anyway? So I put that out there as in if you find help, obviously I'm not dropping Alexander Madison is a great Madison. I, I keep doing that. Madison as a high end handcuff. That's not a sunk cost. You know, a sunk cost would be Rashad Penny. And I bring him up because at this point you can't be holding on to Rashad Penny anymore. Right, Brad? I wouldn't. I, I mean, he's he's literally a handcuff, and you're not even sure at that point that he's the number one handcuff because they yeah, they may by ProSize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a chance ProSize plays if Carson gets hurt or fumbles again or whatever. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't hold on to him. Like I, it's you know, it, it's it's a lot different situation with Madison because I I feel like a you know even if he's not a a bell cow handcuff, he's gonna get the majority of the shares. Even if Mike Boone got some touches, if Cook got hurt. It's it's totally different situation in Seattle. Like Seattle yeah, has a quarterback a that they cost. can flat out flat out rely on. If Carson gets hurt, they may just start throwing the ball thirty five times, and and all of a sudden Russell Wilson just takes off. Yeah. Another one, you know, and I think the 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 worry that everybody has, Chris, is a good sunk cost example that went the other direction recently, but it was due to a quarterback change. Would be Corey Davis. Corey Davis was a sunk cost come week six. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was. It was give up. Like I understand we have the hope. 
but it's not happening. And then, you know, they have the quarterback changes, which changes everything. I think that's always the scared part of people's mind is, you know, Chris Carson gets hurt this week or Rashad Penny has a good game. And after all that time, I, I just dropped him. And that's what everybody's always worried about. Yeah, I get it. I have a ton of Carson. I seem to talk about him all the time, especially on the, the footballers DFS show. And I dropped Penny this morning, actually, for the Jets defense is trying to look ahead. And if you know what, I just thought to myself, if Carson goes down, I'm screwed anyways. Like Penny is just not going to touch the ball <laughs> 20 times like Carson. I'm going well, to want a different option. Look at it too. Yeah, I'm going to want a different option. Like if it happens, you know, like, are you really going to be better or as good as you were before anyway? All right. Let's get to your team, Chris. The Eagles at Buffalo. Carson Wentz at Buffalo. I say Carson Wentz specifically because he's looked a little rough at times. And now it's a bad matchup on the road in Buffalo. Do you have hesitations over if Carson Wentz is your only main starting quarterback right now yeah i'll be at this game it's supposed to rain it's gonna be ugly it's gonna yeah it's gonna be gross for you're gonna throw yourself through a table in the parking lot i'm not but i may feel like (laughs) i should after the game is over you might want to light one on fire just to keep yourself warm and then throw yourself (laughs) yeah the seagulls offense continues and i mean it should i've i've said it all year we i just have a ton of respect for this bill's defense and you know this philly offense is not the same since what week one and it's it's funny to even say that because you know, Carson Wentz has never really had a deep threat. He had Deshaun Jackson for one game, and he's able to, you know, hit him downfield twice. And they just – the offense does not look good. Alshon Jeffrey can't get separations. Ackerts is not the same. Goddard is definitely trending up, but there just doesn't seem to be – the offense doesn't have any rhythm to it at all. And we all know about the defense. It's not good. So I would definitely – Look elsewhere for another quarterback. Heck, Josh Allen's probably dropped. He's still, what, his ownership is still flirting around the 50-60% mark. That's up near 70% Yahoo, so people are starting to catch on. But he is a guy that I would certainly start over uh, Carson. And you know what? Even Jacoby Brissett, Minshew, these other guys. Like, this is going to be a rough game again for the Eagles offense in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. This, If you're saying the weather's going to be bad as it is, um, Buffalo's not, like, I mean, Buffalo's defense is really good i know they they gave up some points last week to the dolphins which kind of made everybody a little leery but it's still a good defense they're back at home a a bad weather game is exactly what this team like loves they're gonna thrive in it so yeah i i'm not sure i trust a single player on the eagles this week i had um carson Wentz in my lineup in a in a dynasty league that i'm in and i'm switching him to kyler murray right now i didn't i don't like the murray matchup against the saints but maybe he'll be playing from behind, get a bunch of garbage time points. But I don't, I don't trust anything. The Eagles receivers can't catch passes whenever the weather's good. They so they're definitely gonna be dropping passes whenever the weather's bad. That's one thing too. Like nobody's really helping out Carson Wentz at all. And and part of it is the coaching. The first, how many times have we said? At least I've said the first quarter, the first half of the Eagles offense has been non-existent. Like they don't even move the ball. Like is that coaching? What's going on? Did they? It was all of this really on Frank Reich because they don't look like a really good offense at all. Heck, man, I would even maybe roll out Ryan Tannehill if I if I was sitting up at the top for whatever reason. I had two losses and I could afford maybe to take that risk on Ryan Tannehill against Tampa Bay. I mean, I I wouldn't hate myself for doing it. Yikes. Did you hate yourself for other reasons? For saying it, but not for doing it. (laughs) For saying it. This is what it's Uh, come to. All right. So then on the, I mean, Buffalo is as simple as, you know, Allen and Brown. Pass game, ignoring the running game. Yeah. Allen and Brown. That's what I would do. I don't even trust Gore. No Cole Beasley. In In a deep 16 full point PPR. Sure. Like, I played him in Brad's key team league. Got a touchdown last week, save your day. But that's all you're hoping for. I mean, eight to ten. My, my only concern with that 
is just the fact that Duke uh, Cole Beasley was uh, about to say his name. They barely outsnapped Duke Williams again. Yeah, Duke's trying to the usage. Yeah, the usage is there for Beasley, fortunately, but they just that that's the only concern. Yeah, it could be a yeah. Duke game. And but Robert eight. Foster was a healthy scratch last week, so yeah, he's not he's yeah. not jumping in there even with Zay Jones gone. I think it's just be a sloppy football game. Okay, so let's move on to the next one then. Chargers. Speaking of sloppy, yes. <laughs> at Chicago, how much are we downgrading Keenan Allen of now? Sloppier. <laughs> yeah, I mean this Chicago, this matchup is is awful for him, and the offensive line is awful for him, and it's at the Bears. I mean, I feel like we have to start. I mean, you can't bench Keenan Allen, but how concerned should we be, Brad? I mean, you, you want to? Uh, you're like high on the talking about this already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what you, what you trust in the Chargers' offense right now outside of Austin Eckler, and and he's just a pure PPR volume play. The, Gordon can't run the ball. They're not throwing the ball to Keenan Allen. I mean, Hunter Henry, yeah, give, give me, give me all the Hunter Henry right now. The Bears' defense has has not looked good the last couple of weeks. It is at home. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be, which might affect it. But it's it's been a long time since I've seen a, a an over-under put at 40. Like, they're just not expecting any points in this game. And and that's, you know, that makes me nervous because we already know the Bears' offense is atrocious. They're, you know, they're they're really bad. The Chargers find ways to lose. I mean, this has the, the feeling of, like, one of these games that might end up, like, 13-6 to six or something. And, and it's some fluke defensive touchdown that wins the game. Some heartache. What, where, where's the heartache going to come from? Is it going to be a missed field goal from Chicago or, a, you know, a drop pass in the end zone from Keenan Allen to win the game? It's 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 unbelievable with the Chargers. They always seem to find a way to lose. Melvin Gordon's calling himself out, says the holdout was such a bad decision. You know, he'll never miss camp again. That's all nice to say, but this team is just... Is he still a must-start? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if he's a must-start, but, like, if you have a guy like Mixon, for example, you know what I mean? Like potentially you could be in a tough spot did you just pick up ty johnson do you really want to roll ty johnson over <laughs> melvin gordon i mean I, that that question could be I mean, in we'll your head right question. now yeah i i think i would still play gordon he's getting a he's getting touches but man it's 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 definitely not good i definitely would play eckler and keenan allen and hunter henry these are guys that i i would play montgomery's on the bench for me i i don't care if if Nagy you know decides that he's just going to run the ball that'd be great for next week but I don't know, man. I can't trust Nagy right now. I don't think anybody can at this no. point. He says he's but, not an idiot. Got to run the football. He knows he's got to run the football. He's not an idiot. I mean, hey, I guess who controls all that idiot? It's debatable. <laughs> yeah. So what, <laughs> what idiot ran the football seven times last game? Yeah. Exactly. What, what idiot has said that before earlier this season and said the same thing? And you're an idiot. I think he's like, going to feel I, the heat and he's going to give Montgomery touches, but I can't trust it. I don't trust I it don't. it'll be Montgomery. <laughs> exactly. Who, who it gets, could be Tariq Cohen. first, like, Dan Quinn or Nagy? I, uh, Quinn. But the Bills' whole organization needs to really, like, look in the mirror and, <laughs> and see what Bills? they have here. Or the – yeah, sorry, the Bears need to see oh, okay. what they have here and what they've <laughs> done. Saying. Like, what they've been doing. Like, Trubisky is – they need to move on from Trubisky, whether they think it's too early or not. Like, that would be the first step, just admitting that they're wrong and, and moving on from him. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. He traded up for that guy, Patrick Mahomes, the Sean Watson draft. That's such painful. Are they going to be that's stubborn so and hang on to him another year? That's sunk cost. Jackson, Boom! The there you go, Chris. Man, there's your sunk cost. We invested so much. We've spent so much on this guy. We got to see what we get. We yeah. can't get. We can't give up yet. I've spent eight seasons watching The Walking Crap. I got to keep watching it. So you got to get see how it finishes. Walking Dead, by the way, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Giants at Detroit. Uh, speaking of a sunk cost, we might have to deal with it as Giants fans for a while, Daniel Jones. Oh. 
<laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a sunk cost yet. I'm just kidding. You guys know this. But I, I uh, Brad, you know what? I'm going to ask you this question. Here we go. Okay. Hold on, Chris. This is coming straight, straight to Brad. He's been a professional athlete. He's been on the field. Revenge game, Golden Tate. Is there any reality to it in your opinion? Uh, yeah, there, there definitely can be. Yes. Um, I think it's a lot harder in the position of a wide receiver <laughs> just because he's, he's kind of limited on, you know, unless they're just going to run reverses and, and wide receiver screens, he's a lot more limited by the quarterback. Like the quarterback has to get him in certain situations to be able to be successful. Whereas a running back, like, you know, he's getting 15, 20 touches. He can, you know, run harder, run, you know, whatever, like have this different mentality. It's a lot harder for a wide receiver to have, have that game at the same time. If they get some kind of a connection going and, and you know, he, he starts realizing that he's going to go in the huddle and say, hey, give me the ball. They can't guard me today, like whatever. And, yeah, there's there's I think there is something to it because the, the mental motivation can be there. I just think a, for a wide receiver, it's a tougher spot to to be able to kind of own that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I like the revenge narrative. It's fun to talk about. It, it's, it's it's bigger. You know, it's it's more true in other sports like hockey and basketball where individuals can take over a game and there's a little bit more motivation but brad is right it's a wide receiver like how many times is he going to get the ball how many times is he going to get a target in baseball like oh you know this this batter's playing his former team edwin's playing the jays it doesn't mean anything right it, it really doesn't right. unless he's playing a pitcher that he's familiar well, and he's look, seen a ton and this is the thing is i know you said yes in the background i heard you say it well no because it can both be true it can brad's right like you know there's certain things that motivate players athletes generally more than you know whether i'm i know i'm on tv in a primetime game or you know clutch you know david talks about david ortiz having a clutch factor and other pitchers like clayton kershaw not having it like whatever you want to throw out like so i'm not disagreeing with brad it's just what, what i always said and i did a whole entire study on it and the fact the proof that it doesn't exist from uh there's it was close to a third third and third it was close to 33 percent performed better 33 percent performed worse and 33 percent were about their norm career-wise and i took out seasons where you know the guy only started three games or he wasn't a full-time like i took out inconsistent seasons for injuries and stuff like that so the data bears out the fact that nothing changes if you have a third third and third nothing changes what i'm saying is where i agree with brad and why it can still be a thing is because it can motivate you more to try like people anybody who's played a sport knows there's a difference some days where you give a little bit extra or get a little bit less, and you're not always going to give 100% on the nose. All I say is, like, you still, to your point, Chris, is what you're saying right now, what Brad did just say, there's still a lot of factors that go into it, no matter even if basketball, how much you control yourself, there's still so many other factors that just because it's a revenge game doesn't mean you're going to succeed even if you are trying harder. No, you're, you're, Not only that, but, right. but – but there are guys who, when they try harder, it actually is detrimental to their game. Yes. They, they start pressing. They start, you know, then they, you know, in baseball, a guy wants to have a, re, you know, a revenge type game. A pitcher throws at his head, whatever. He wants to get up and he, he swings hard. And, you know, the, right. it, it just takes, kind of takes you out of your game a little bit. And, you know, because you, it becomes a lot more about you in that moment than the team. Well, I've even heard athletes just, say that, especially in hockey. I've heard them. I've heard athletes say like, "Oh, you know, I've had this game circle on my calendar for a long time. I was traded last year. I wanted to play, and oh, you know, I was pressing a little bit too much. I was doing too much, in, you know, in that first period or whatever." So yeah, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> Rajon Rondo hoisting threes in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> playing revenge on every single team, basically. That's, it, that that is true. So yeah, well, there's there's the be, good and the bad. And it's a lot of randomness. Ryan, Ryan revenge Fitzpatrick. You just gave him a nickname, Chris. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, you'll probably be on another <laughs> team right. next year. No, so, hey, speaking of, like, let's stick with the Giants real quick. Evan Ingram bounce back. 
I mean, Joe, Chris knows this, Brad, is Joe Holcock called this. He said that Golden Tate was going to kill Evan Ingram's value last week specifically. And, you know, this was a matchup where it wasn't Ingram. Rhett Ellison scored Ellison. the touchdown as what, yeah. you know, against the Cardinals. It's just supposed to be Ingram's. Ah. But I guess Detroit, I mean, we're still, we have no concerns about Evan Ingram, even though he's been hurt and even though he had a letdown last week. Right, Chris? I mean, it's, it's tight end. Yeah, it's, you're right. It is tight end. So the upside of, of Evan Ingram in, in the tight end, he only needs a couple catches to finish high. But yeah, it, you're right. And so is Joe probably. It's something to look forward to and, and look into moving forward. Golden Tate, 11 targets and Ingram just the one catch on five targets. But yeah, you play him. Let me ask you yeah. this, Chris, and I ask you the same question, Brad. Do... Kelsey, Ingram, or Ertz, or Kittle, do any of the big four finish in front of Waller and Andrews at this point? Or what about Hooper? I mean, Hooper, I don't know if any of them are going to finish ahead of Hooper. Well, He's got I, such I a significant Hooper. gap I just counted Hooper already. a little bit because yeah. Matt Schaub, I don't know how long Matt Schaub's at quarterback. Like, somebody even asked that in the column. I said he's a sell high. And he's like, but you still have him in the top five. Well, first of all, look at the matchup. Right. Second of all, it can still be – it can be both, people. It can still can be both. Yeah, I think what we liked so much about – especially Ertz and, and Kittle. Well, Kittle, there was no one around, and they, they're running the football. They they acquire Sanders. I think they're, I think they're still going to continue to run the football. Ertz, there's, the targets are just not there like they were last season, and there's a lot of question marks in New York. So maybe Kelsey ahead of Waller. I still think Kelsey's going to have a pretty big Here's role. Here's the big thing. It's 1-1-1-2 one, 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 for touchdowns for these four. Yeah. Yeah, they're not scoring touchdowns. I just think I think Kelsey will be because I think the Chiefs have to make it. They're they, they're not running the ball that well right now. They have to make it a point to get him the ball, and I think they'll realize that if they want to have you know have some success going forward, they have a guy who is is you know the best at his position or at least a top three at his position. Athletically, you've got to find ways to get him the ball, and he's had some drop troubles this year, which um, have not hurt you know helped his numbers at all, but. Um, at the same time, they're, I think they're just going to make it a focus, whereas you, you don't have to do that with those other guys. Like the, the Niners went and got Emmanuel Sanders. Like now they've got another weapon outside that's or, and underneath or whatever that's potentially going to take targets away from, from Kittle. First time in a long time everyone's wanted these tight ends. Like, oh, yeah, Kelsey draft him before any wide receiver in the first round. And I know it's Mahomes and, and things happen and got hurt, and we can't predict that. But, I mean, Ertz and, and Kittle have not lived up to their draft stocks either. And, and and you can go down the board. I mean, O.J. Howard is another guy who certainly was a waste of a pick in the fourth, Damn fifth you, round. Bruce Arians. Yeah. And New England called about um, O.J. Howard. I saw that report this week. Yeah. And then yeah, just, they said. Just give them yeah. to him, guys. Like, thank you for not <laughs> trading him away to New England. But, you know. Use let him. somebody else use him properly. Because the Patriots are calling, Yurts. you should probably clue in. Like, let's use this guy. They want him. We should use him. I said this. I, I compared it to fantasy owners. It was like the ones where, like, you see, hey, how are you not using this guy? Or you've been starting blank over blank, and it's like just kind of like you know, you go for the trade offer. That's kind of the same thing. Oh wait, maybe I should you know get my head out of my you know what? <laughs> like, all right, so let's talk about Ty Johnson though, because he's the lead option. Carryon Johnson is now on the IR. He is eligible to return, but I mean. It, I Week can't 16. imagine unless the yeah yeah it's that's the thing unless Detroit surprises us is still in the playoff contention I can't imagine he's going to be relevant so go ahead and drop him unless you have an IR spot and don't tie up an IR spot if you like I would rather stash guys over carry on Johnson at that point all that being said Ty Johnson is going to be the lead you guys might not know this because but I did it on Pat show and talked about it I'd get your guys opinion I said he fits perfectly for he's very similar to carry on Johnson and that's why I think he's stepping into carry on Johnson's role. 
And Brad, uh, Pat brought up the counterpoint, Brad, and said that, well, Kerryon Johnson has only been a fringe RB2, and he hasn't even been that good all the time so far. Why would you think Ty Johnson could be better? And I don't necessarily think he could be better because I don't think he's more talented to carry on Johnson. But I think having one person out of the equation is what helps him because essentially, if you told me carry on Johnson took Ty Johnson out of the equation, it was just carry on and McKissick, I would have felt better about carry on. And that's why I feel a little bit better about Ty Johnson, especially because he's facing the Giants. Yeah, for sure. And and not only that, but it, they took so long to give carry on Johnson kind of the full reins. I mean, they brought in CJ Anderson, tried to make him a thing at the beginning of the year. What, what in the world makes you think that they're going to do that with Ty Johnson, who is, is not, in my opinion, not as talented as, as carry on. So um, at the same time, he's, he's still relevant. He's still relevant, but he's relevant to me in kind of like a, a Matt Breida sense where he, he's not going to get 20 touches a game. It's, it's going to be more in the, in the, you know, 10 to 12, maybe 14. They're going to get McKissick in there. They're probably going to start passing the ball a little bit more. And, and because he, he's not a, I mean, he's, he's not a big guy. He's not a guy who's going to just take a, take a, be, uh, you know, a beating for eight games and be totally fine with it. So they're, I think they're just going to, they're going to have to modify their offense a little bit. It's going to be a, almost a 50, 50 timeshare. I was really surprised how little, McKissick was was getting in the in the fab game in the waiver game because I, I think there's a chance he's used just as much the, as Ty Johnson and and potentially more in the passing game which makes him a little bit higher fantasy value for me yeah I think a McKissick maybe is like theoretic when when he was with Detroit I mean, he played 25 percent of the snaps last game Ty Johnson 64 I do agree with you Brad I don't think he's going to get 20 touches I mean it would be extremely frustrating as carry on Johnson owners to see you know Ty come in there and get 20 carries <laughs> considering it's been 16 or fewer for, for carry on at four or six no you don't need that and and I think the big win here is Galladay Marvin Jones maybe you can get a few more targets from Hawkinson Matthew Stafford because I do think that they're going to drop back and throw the ball a little bit more whether you've you know Patricia has been known to, to want to run the football. I, I think Stafford's going to be forced to, to drop back and throw it a little bit more and, and just sling it. So I think that's great news for Marv's coming off that big game. I mean, obviously you, you think about selling high, but I, I don't, it's not the end of the world if you hold on to him. I like him this week, especially against the Giants. So I, I think Ty Johnson's like a top 25 running back. Okay. Let's uh, move it. Marvin Jones, another big game in a row because he's facing the Giants. Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah, not four touchdowns, but... <laughs> Actually, probably not four touchdowns. <laughs> you want to bet? Yeah, uh, you want to take the under on four? I'll, I'll give you the under on four. <laughs> I would be surprised if he finds the end zone again. <laughs> I would be surprised if he found the end zone twice. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the, the fact is, is if Galladay is going to get that kind of attention, exactly. Like, all it takes, you just what take out one person, the rest of the team is going to go off against the Giants. That's really what it comes down to. All right, so Brad, let me ask you this: J- Jameis Winston still scores double-digit points despite all the turnovers. Is Jameis Winston getting too much hate at this point? Yeah, I think so, because that's at some point, you know, like those games, while they happen maybe with him a little more frequently than other quarterbacks, he still finds way to be productive in those games. Whereas flip side, Sam Darnold, you know, throws up negative points whenever he's throwing four picks so that it just lets you know, like what level Winston is at, even when he's having a bad game, there is still a really a, a decent floor there for the upside like the upside is is a 40 or 50 point game because we've seen him do that too so yeah i i think he granted as an nfl quarterback you can't make those mistakes that he made and and expect your team to win if, if his goal is to try to win 
then that's a problem. From a fantasy standpoint, I have no problem rolling him out there almost on a week-in, week-out basis because the floor is pretty high and the ceiling is really high. I've said it all along. I've always said this with you, Jake, is that he's a great fantasy quarterback. That's it. He's <laughs> That's a poor real-life quarterback, but he's a great fantasy quarterback. His defense sucks. They've allowed the most passing yards per game in the NFL. They have really no run game to think of. And he's got two solid weapons, three if they can figure out O.J. Howard. He's a good fantasy quarterback. All right, so on the flip side of the ball, has been good for fantasy through at least one game. And Ryan Tannehill, Chris, it's not just Corey Davis, who you were so excited for last week. It's A.J. Brown. And now are we, are we really taking one game of Tannehill because it was so bad before that with Mariota and saying Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are now trustworthy? And, yes, it is a glorious matchup, but at the same time, I just again, one game of Tannehill, and we're, we're that excited. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, we sh- we maybe should temper back just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I f- I kind of feel like this is Daniel Jones territory after facing the same team. But Grant, that's yeah. the team he's facing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we and we've been excited before about about like Corey Davis having one good game, but it is encouraging at least to the point where I think you can treat Corey Davis as a wide receiver three. And I think AJ Brown is, is close to that. Like as a flex guy, I mean, they both had 10, they both had six catches. They combined for 15 targets. They were the one and two options in this passing game. Don't know about Delaney Walker, you know, just if he's even going to play and John Smith was involved last week, but I, I think, you know, if you have Davis, you roll him out a two quarterback league. I think you can get by with Tannehill, you know, rolling him out as well. I said it over Carson Wentz. I know it's crazy, but like in a super flex, I would rather go that way against the Bucks. Yeah, that, a thousand percent. And the Bucks, the Bucks are literally averaging the most yards passing per game in football. Like I, I have no problem rolling out anybody in this past game right right now because the the Bucks number one, the Bucks can score some points um, typically, which lends itself to a kind of a shootout type game. But number two, their pass defense is atrocious. Their run defense is amazing. And they're so they they are going to give up a lot of yards. Yeah, I mean, I would I would put Tanny Hill as almost a lock for 300 yards this week. I think there's a chance that that he even pushes 400 and, and mixes in some touchdowns there. So I think he's a he's a, a QB one this week, and I have no problem rolling him out there. What could go wrong? <laughs> We're all <laughs> in on the Titans. Great. Oh, I love is, it. Yeah, this is great. All right. So speaking of being all in, it's about time we got to this next game because. I have to take off my pants. I got to get excited. I got to run around the house. I got to put the jersey on. It's Bayshon time. Finally, he's freed. It's Bayshon. He's gone. Emmanuel Sanders, get the hell out of here with your freaking cyborg body. He is now in San Francisco. Deshaun Hamilton is in the starting lineup, Chris. He is facing the Colts this week, who have a better than realized defense for a lot of people out there in general. But there's nobody behind Deshaun Hamilton who steps into the Emmanuel Sanders role. And guess what? Deshaun Hamilton debuts already inside my top 40 this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Well, I know you like him, and I thought about you originally when Sanders was dealt that, you know, you a can lot of free him did. now. A lot of people tweeted me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. And, you know, I grabbed him in a couple spots, and I was surprised to see this morning. I just wanted to see his ownership, and I think people are snoozing a little bit. It's only 6% his ownership in Yahoo, so he wasn't really added a, a whole lot considering that – you know the trade does free something up for him. I I don't know if I would I would treat him as a top forty. I, I would play. I would You're definitely wrong. pick him up. I would definitely <laughs> pick him up, stash him, and and I'm interested in him moving forward. I mean there there are some decent games down the stretch. Yeah, I I am intrigued. I am very interested because he is a good wide receiver. It's just it's hard to get excited about this Broncos offense. That's that's all it is. That, that's that's good fair. For I mean, it's it, gonna get a ton of work. 
Yeah, it's and and one thing about it, like the Broncos have have they've had a couple games where their game script was better than people anticipated, so they were able to run the ball a little more. Most of the time, they're going to be trailing. There's a chance that that there's there's a good volume play here. Um, hey, I mean, here's a choice for you. Would you rather have Deshaun Hamilton or Mohamed Sanu? Deshaun. Yeah, I think I think Deshaun too. Cause Say it right, Deshaun. Yeah, I think you just don't know what's going on <laughs> in New England, right? I mean, I mean, they give up a second round pick for him though. Like, yeah, but not, I mean, Philip Dorsett, he's, he's not played outside. Dorsett staying outside when Gordon's back. He's going to play outside. Sanu is going to be in the slot. If like, here's my thing, here's my counter argument, and you can make your argument. I'm not saying I'm right 100 percent and you're 100 percent wrong on Mohamed Sanu by far because it is the Patriots. But Sanu, the biggest thing about him, he had middling wide receiver three slash four value, as in you just want the floor every single week, zero upside. But that was because he's on the field 97% of the time. That's not going to happen with the Patriots. If they drop down into a two wide receiver set with Edelman in the slot, guess who's coming off the field? It's not going to be Edelman. That's my that's my issue here. And and Edelman's definitely not coming off. I agree with that. I, I think this, you know, there's an indication here that Josh Gordon might be hurt more than we thought. But I think they're bringing in Sanu to essentially play the role of Antonio Brown. And not that he's at that level. I'm not saying that. But but this <laughs> other guy that can okay fine I am somebody um, somebody <laughs> cut his mic <laughs> but but just someone someone to come in that like okay so you put your attention on Edelman or you they you know they don't have the tight end in the middle of the field that they've had before they feel like they need three receiving weapons to, to make their offense tick and I think it's a, it's a major issue for Nikhil Harry I think they are really concerned about his development he's not um, you know for them to give up a second round pick which is just you know that's that's unlike them to to give up a pick that high for a wide receiver when you know they're if they're not going to use him. I think that that's the bottom line. I think they're going to use him and um, there's, well, for I think all there's a big opportunity. The Patriots, so it's basically a third rounder. Yeah, it's <laughs> so Fair. true. But but I think I think the Forty ers were probably just, offering the same third rounder for him that they gave for no. The, um, so the report, Brad, was that they offered the same second rounder before the season for Sanu. Like that that the I, I agree did. with you on. The, yeah, I agree with you on that yeah. fact that the, the Patriots are definitely intrigued by Sanu. If you if they are offering the same thing they did preseason and not even trying to buy low, like I just I, I, I think yes, he's definitely gonna be involved. I'm just concerned like if Dorset stays out there on the outside, the Sanu come off the field. So it's all gonna be seen. I'm not saying again, you're wrong at all. you bring up very valid points. So what about you, Chris? Are you taking Deshaun Hamilton or Sanu the rest of the season? Um yeah, that's it is a really good question. I think I would take Hamilton for for the opportunity, yeah, but I am definitely intrigued with Sanu. I think Sanu is going to be involved. <laughs> He's going to have some good games, but it's typical New England. It really isn't a cop out to say that because you just don't know where the offense is going to come from. Are they going to use all the three backs this this week? Are the, is Brady going to throw a ton? Like he will be involved. He's going to have some good games. I look at maybe games against Philadelphia, Dallas, KC, or Houston, where they're maybe a little bit more competitive. Um, the schedule does get a little bit tougher for New England after the bye. But, yeah, I think there's going to be some inconsistent games. We talked Dynasty before we came on here. Would either of you buy low, Jake? Would you buy low on Kill Harry in a, in a Dynasty format? Or are you just, eh? Because there's no, a I, ton I, I of hype. He's, like, second yeah, overall pick, third get... overall pick in some Dynasty leagues. This is very disappointing. You can get him for nothing right now. Exactly. Like, That's now cool. is the time. Because I agree with Brad. I think Gordon, step back. I wouldn't be surprised if that knee injury is significant. And you, you never know. A suspension could cut could come at any moment and then harry is he's got a lot of work to do to get involved in this offense i, I would definitely yeah. buy low but i would have to be super low too because you gotta think sanu's gotta be back i mean you don't spend a second rounder and not right. have sanu back on this team next year edelman's not quite done yet uh, even if you assume gordon is done 
he's still again back even and there is no Dorset at best case he's still a third yeah. like that's just you know, so there's there's definitely a lot of concern here so let's where where are we we were at Denver Indianapolis I, I mean we really have Hamilton much to, forever yeah, you know yeah any well I mean we pivoted this to new <laughs> because kidding. of Brad so yeah get, don't don't you dare disparage Bayshon on the show <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of disparaging how about this is Jacoby Brissett can we are we at the point now where he has to stay in the QB1 conversation because of how efficient he's been even against Denver at home Chris yeah, I mean, I think so. He's not doing anything wrong. He's got 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Win, like, this feels the games. reverse of the sunk cost. Like, what What more does he have to do for people to trust him? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. He, he went into Kansas City and won a football game. That's enough for me. I know he didn't He didn't have a, a phenomenal fantasy game there, but he took care of the football, and he did enough there. So there's some good games coming up on the schedule as well. This That's is, his this only is game without 16 fantasy points. The others all over 20 on top yeah, of that. Cause yeah, because they lean on Mac. Ran... I think Mac touched the ball 30-plus times in that game. Yeah, they ran right. for like 200 yards that game, so that was just a game flow thing. Yeah, I think he's a borderline QB1. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, I, yeah. I have no problem putting him in top 10 the rest of the year. And I, I mean, I had a, a, it ended up not being a good trade, but I traded Deshaun Watson away yesterday because I had Brissett on my team. He's, he's got a good matchup here in a couple of weeks. He plays the Dolphins. Like, I mean, he, he might be the QB one that day. I don't know who, but it's, I have no problem running him out there as a QB one the rest of the year. He's passed his bye week. Like, let him, let him go. He's proven he, he deserves to be in that conversation. Are we believing in Zach would Pascal or is that just like a one? I mean, he's had two of the last three been okay, I would, but. And this is this is similar to Cole Beasley in a different way. Is I would love to, but he's still not getting the most snaps. This like, like in a different way that they're not the same type of wide receiver. But also, Chester Rogers is still getting more snaps than he is now. Chester Rogers isn't even getting the target or market share anywhere close to what Pascal is getting. So it is intriguing, but at the same time, it's just tough to trust somebody that's hovering around fifty percent of the snaps. Chris, no, I believe you. I and I. Absolutely. And just looking this morning, like Pasco has picked up more and in, in more leagues in Hamilton. And I think it's just because of, you know, a little bit of recency bias. Like, what have you done for me lately? Oh, he's coming off the two touchdown game, 106 yards, 72 yards week four. I think he's going to be extremely hard to trust. So then let me ask you guys this. Jacoby Brissett against the Broncos at home or Gardner Minshew against the Jets at home? Who would you start? Um, I think I would start Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, I start Brissett. Minshew. I'm not saying Minshew's not a, a decent play, but I'm not. I'm not pulling Brissett out of my lineup right now unless I've got an elite quarterback over the top of him, and that's not Gardner Minshew. Okay. Nick, uh, Nick well, Foles speaking gonna of, get that job back now. Are we changing our tune there? Or well, what? well, I'm not changing. I think Foles gets his job team. back. Well, I, I still I, don't. I, I, I still think it takes two bad games in a row. And my biggest issue is while that can happen, I look at the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule and I don't see how they have two bad games in a row because it's Jets, Texans, Colts, Titans, Bucks, Chargers, Raiders, Falcons. Like there's zero. The only defense you have to worry about is at Colts. And then, I mean, really like where's, where's the defense that Gardner Minshew shouldn't. And granted now, if he does have two bad games in a row with that schedule, deservedly benched. Well, if he loses week nine Houston and they come out of the bye and he loses week 11 in Indy, which I could see, then he's under 500 in Foles' time. No, even if, so no, he, if he puts up a bad performance this week and next week against the Texans and heads into the bye, then I even say out of the bye if Foles is ready. Yeah. Cause it need to be what three and five at that point. And like, I mean, it's a great story. And if you have two, yeah, if you have two bad games against the Jets and the Jets and Texans defenses, yeah, so for sure, 
I still going to put the odds on not, uh, but you know, this is put it this way. This isn't one I would put a, even a dollar bet on with with Brad because it, it wouldn't so shock me if he does because he's still Gardner Minshew, he's still right. a rookie. Like yeah. let's 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 chill on the like I, I'm having as much fun as and they're deal, still paying but, Nick Foles exactly. thirty million dollars. That's exactly it. Yeah. See, I know that plays a factor, but at the same time, there's there's a perfect example. There's another one. Sunk cost. We paid him so much money, we got to put him back out there. Right. Not if he's not if your best option. Not if you're winning games like crazy. So. To be honest, but they're not. It's just, it's just the, the W's. Yeah, it's, it's it's different than like Kyle Allen. Like I said, he's three and three, right? So if he if he does say he beats the Jets this week, it's cool. Four and three. He, but if he lost to Houston, lose. he comes out of the bye and he loses again. He's he's under five hundred. No, but if he what if he wins this week, he wins against the Texans. Then then he's you, still then, winning. Yeah. He beats the Colts. Like sure. like how do you pull the plug? Right. He's got to get W's though. I, it's got to be W's. I'm surprised wait, how much. But love. Wait, wait a I'm second. Just... This is the same argument that you you said Cam Newton is definitely the starter for the Panthers at some point when Kyle Allen hadn't lost yet. No, but that's different because Cam Newton is the franchise quarterback. He hasn't been in. He hasn't been with this team for half a year and then hurt for the majority of that half a year. But Completely that's what they scenario. thought. That's why they paid thirty million dollars to Nick Foles when no one else was probably even paying ten because it, right. they didn't. You know, they don't look at him. So but you found they something him you didn't know you had. Franchise quarterback. Right, but you found something you didn't know you had. The Bears should have won. I don't, I don't know that I would call Gardner Minshew a franchise quarterback, at least at this point. I'm not saying – I don't think oh, he's going to at I, this I, point. I, say, I, I don't disagree with you there. I'm just saying if he wins the next two games and he is still showing up with like two touchdowns a game, I just – personally – I, I personally don't pull the plug because I don't I don't tie myself into the sunk cost at all and that's you know, yeah we it's all about like the W's it's all it is right it's the W's. And, and I understand what you're saying Brad it's it's going to play a factor like you you especially front offices but I was gonna say I didn't expect it to get as much love as it did because it was just a tongue in cheek tweet but I said that the Bears should trade for Nick Foles <laughs> like go bring him in like they fix yeah, they your problem sh- there and he should have he went into doesn't sh- need him anymore he went into Chicago and won a playoff game against Trubisky last year yeah he should so should. let's stick with this game real quick and talk about a worse quarterback. <laughs> And Sam Darnold. I bet, I bet you they take Gardner Minshew over Sam Darnold right now. Uh, jokes aside with the whole ghosts and all that type of stuff, Chris. Is Robbie Anderson and or Jamison Crowder and or Demayor's top? Like, can we start them against the Jaguars after seeing what just happened? Yeah, I, I maybe, maybe not Demarius Thomas, but I think you can start Robbie, you know, with, with no, uh, <laughs> I, you know, it, it is, I know it's, it's, just looking at Darnold, I actually felt bad for him in that game where the ghost thing was leaked. I know a lot of Jets people are, are ticked off about that, but you know it is the NFL and guys are mic'd up. You got to you got to watch what you what you say. You know it could easily go on NFL films or <laughs> Twitter. The the way things are these days with social media, but with no Jalen Ramsey, I think you can get by with playing Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder. I think the offense is a little bit better this week, but yeah, it did not look good against the Jets, and that's an understatement. Or against the uh, Pats, and that's an understatement. But Jacksonville, Miami Giants. I said it earlier. I think you know basically everyone's buy low I mean I'm not acquiring Sam Donald to be my QB one but in a, a two quarterback league I would pick him up because he's been dropped yeah that's fair I, I I think it was just kind of like a case of nerves he's playing the Patriots on on primetime Monday night like it's it was just kind of like this uh, I don't know just kind of a perfect storm especially like once once the the ball started going downhill it snowballed big time so I think I think they just they take a step back. We talked earlier for their for their defensive perspective how good their schedule is coming up. I I I am still gonna roll out those wide receivers when they're when they have all these plus matchups because at some point Darnold's gonna turn around. He's too talented. He's young. Like there's there's still a learning curve there. I put as much of it on Adam Gase as anything because it, it, it just did not feel like they had any kind of a, a potential game plan that was gonna work in that game. 
You know what my favorite response to that game was? So Emery Hunt, that writes for us to scout. Is, if you haven't read Emery Hunt stuff, please do. You're doing yourself a disservice if you're not. Uh, so he was having a big argument that people were saying, oh, Lamar Jackson's not sustainable. And we were texting about this game. And he goes, well, at least the Sam Darnold performance is sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, a couple of us, Brad, maybe more so than me, but me for sure, I definitely thought that they'd be able to keep this game close and be more competitive. But he looked, I mean, the, just the step back, it was unbelievable. The, the game against Dallas is like, wow, he looked really good. And then to take that step back, and, and, I, and I know it's it's New England and their defense, but come on, like, it was it was really, really bad. Like, he looked awful. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no putting it otherwise. All right, so it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater has one more start under his belt against the Cardinals. I mean, that's, look, it's Kamara. Sounds like he should be back because they released Zach Zenner. So you have all that going for the Saints are easy cake on the other side. Chris Christian Kirk, if he's back, Chris, he's probably getting Lattimore, not Larry Fitzgerald. And here's the downside. As much, you guys know this. I, I'm a huge Christian Kirk fan. Look at the schedule starting this week. Saints, 49ers, Bucks, 49ers, Rams, Steelers, Browns. The only relief in there is the Buccaneers. Christian Kirk startable the rest of the way? Question mark? Yeah, that is a big question mark. Not for me. I'm not starting him. I have him in a couple spots. I, I acquired him last week as a buy low, even with the schedule. I, I need to see him get on the field. I don't know if he's going to suffer a setback. I don't like the matchups. I'm kind of out on Kyler, too. Like, I'm, I'm starting Josh Allen. I don't have Kyler ranked as a top-10 quarterback this week. Maybe that's a mistake, but I have a lot of respect for this this Saints defense and what they've been able to do with Drew Brees' sidelines. So but you like at, Larry Fitzgerald, though, right? I, if, Christian Kirk, if Christian Kirk plays, you actually like Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, yeah. I would play Larry. I mean, for sure, you roll out Chase Edmonds. Who knows what's going to happen with that DJ situation? I think DJ maybe takes a, a, a step back they brought in a ton of guys to work out for them and they signed Alfred Morris so maybe that maybe that means that DJ's not going to play in this game but I'm Kyler had a... the Jaguars because you said DJ and I went to Chark immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, even go to David Johnson. <laughs> I mean Kyler had such a good matchup last week and it was the Edmonds show and he he really didn't do a whole lot through the air he needs some guys to throw the football to and he just doesn't have that right now yeah I, I actually no problem rolling out Kirk and I the biggest the biggest thing I I think they're, this offense is still developing. They're still learning it. They're still, you know, Kyler's still getting acclimated to the league. They're going to be, you mentioned the tough schedule. Yeah, there's some tough defenses there. Bottom line is they're going to be losing a lot of those games, and he's going to be throwing 50 passes in those games. So there's there are going to be 10 to 15 targets going Christian Kirk's way every single week. I want a piece of that. Like, I it, just on the that, that outside chance that he breaks a tackle and, and makes a big play, there's – there's just going to be enough volume there where I think he's he's going to be comfortably inside the wide receiver three line the rest of the season. Is this guy just going to be bothered by an ankle injury his whole career? Isn't this too like wasn't it an ankle last year? Uh, I, I will I do appreciate the fact that they they are saying he has to be a hundred percent before he comes back. They're not going to let him do this thing where he can potentially re-aggravate it because that's what happened last year. He fought it all year because he was trying to play through it, and and now they're saying like no. This season's lost already. We understand that. We are going to make sure he's healthy because he is our number one going forward. Okay. 
it's uh well we kind of ran deep into some analysis for some of these so a little bit quick fire ish let's get back to emmanuel sanders with the 49ers do we finally have a wide receiver that we can start and say okay cool or are you going to be a little hesitant with the first game chris i'm going to be a little hesitant with the first game but that is a great move for them it's exactly what they needed he's now their their number one wide receiver but this is still a, a run heavy football team so i i'll probably be a little bit patient but i could see him as a flex start for people in a full point ppr league yeah, I, I run him out there for sure. Oh, you do? First game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe not this week. I, I like Carolina defense, especially <laughs> coming sure off the bye. No. But, well, but <laughs> for I, sure, no. For sure, no. Not hard to change your mind. This week's different. I mean, it's just it's just like why Zay Jones was inactive last week. Like, it takes a little bit of time to get acclimated to an offense. For sure. And it, I wouldn't run Sanu out there this week sure. either no, in, in New England. But second week, if they're active, yeah, I, I put him out there then because they – they're veteran receivers. They're going to pick this up fairly quickly and teams go and get them because they plan to use them. Like I, I think they realize like they're Debo Samuel's hurt right now. They Dante Pettis is not what they hoped he'd be to this point. They need a guy that's kind of this reliable 10 target guy, a game to, to take some heat off a of Kittle, to take some heat off their great running game, especially while use check is not there. They you went for Juszczyk such back. a quick answer to such a long answer. Sorry. Yeah, no, I I, I run him out there. I, I don't this week, for but sure. I run him yeah. out there every no. other week after All this. Right. No, he, he's good. playing it out on the fly. I like it. You know, you brought up a good point, though. Remember how long it took Golden Tate to get involved in Philly's offense? It seemed like forever. It was like three or four weeks before this guy was even an impact. And I don't think, even think he really ever did. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, he really didn't. I think he had one good game, but I think it was because guys right. went down. He's not a, he's not a cyborg, so. though. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. On the flip side of it, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel against the 49ers. Are we that scared at this point of the 49ers? It should be a little bit, but I, I still think you play these guys. And Moore's coming off two pretty solid games. I mean, the Niners are great, but I would play both of those guys. Yeah, and they were finding ways to get Samuel the ball last time, too. They running him you know, on a sweep from the eight-yard line and you know, stealing Christian McCaffrey touchdowns, which frustrates me as a McCaffrey owner. But at the same time, they like they're they're trying to find ways to to make these guys dynamic and take some pressure off Kyle Allen. So yeah, I I, I think you can roll them out this there. It's be a true test, I think, for the Niners here. Yeah, and they're they're projecting the Carolina to score eh. roughly seventeen points. So it's Kyle Allen. That's true. So the undefeated Kyle Allen. <laughs> undefeated Kyle Allen Cleveland at the Patriots the Patriots have fun trying to figure that team out enjoy it I just everybody out there enjoy it Cleveland out of their bye any hope for this passing this is the like this is the you want to talk about first true test for as bad as the Browns have been we can call this like the first legitimate like hey this is a team that has some weapons that can threaten the Patriots defensive wise Chris are you looking at the schedule and saying you know what I don't care Odell Beckham in my lineup, Travis Landry in my lineup, Baker Mayfield, depending on what my quarterback situation is, Nick, like I'm starting all my Browns because I'm still taking the talent against the Patriots. Or are there any hesitations with any of those guys I named? Well, I I mean, none of us would be shocked if Odell was completely taken out of this game. It's exactly what Bill Belichick does. And Odell has already had a game like that where he's been taken out completely. But I, I mean, I think you start him. I think it's good news for Jarvis Landry. I wouldn't be surprised if Landry has a better game. You start Chubb, but I, I wouldn't start Baker. No chance, man. This guy's got five touchdowns and 11 picks. He's already had a game this year where he's put up zero fantasy points. So, mm-hmm. no, I'm not playing him in New England. Brad? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this because I, like, I really don't know. I, I mean, this could be, you know, the, the which it's, it's just a flat-out coin toss, which Browns offense shows up. Is this the one that, you know, scores 40 points or is the one that 
Baker throws three picks and and you <laughs> Well, they've only scored forty points once, so I don't right, know. But, can't the, get but it it's out. in the yeah, realm basically. of outcomes for sure. Yes, and then yes. you know they're probably gonna be playing from behind because there's a good chance the Patriots are winning. So it, it's it's possible that there's I mean, you know, good volume there. Like, Seahawks last week, so I, I probably I'll, I'll be honest, I I probably run run them all out there. Run run Beckham out there, run Landry out there. I definitely want Nick Chubb because he's he's just a you know he's a top ten back. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, I, I run them all out there, and I I would I honestly because of that I would probably be okay starting Baker this week if you were in a in a bye week pinch or something. Even though ba- I, I, Baker or Tannehill, not a lot of confidence. Uh, Tannehill, oh, thousand percent Tannehill. <laughs> this is what it's come to. I love it. Uh, week eight. Hold on, let me ask you guys since we're talking about the Browns real quick. Cream Hunt situation. Mm-hmm. One, you guys picking him up. Two. Do you guys have any concern? Because everybody at this point knows that I have zero concern. Like, he's going to take a few touches, but Nick Chubb is still Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb is still – a lot of questions of the Athletic on Tuesday about Kareem Hunt, you know, um, wanting to trade this guy away because Kareem Hunt's coming back. Like, let's settle down. I don't think we can expect the Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. There's still a really good running back in Chubb that is going to take, I think, 80% of the touches. Yeah, I – I I don't think um I, he's he's just a handcuff at this point. He's a high upside handcuff because if Chubb goes down, you, you know Hunt, Hunt has proven that he can be productive at the NFL level. But I think he was uh, this is kind of tough to say. I think he was a really major product of the Kansas City offensive system, especially when you know when they had the running game going. They had their healthy offensive line. They were running kareem hunt on fly routes you know like i that's not the broncos or the brown system and so um i think i think he's a good handcuff to have but i don't think on a weekend week out basis you can start him can you imagine what monday morning it would be like if cleveland wins this game i mean the hype, oh, the so hype. i would celebrate like oh. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I think everybody would yeah i mean <laughs> we all love the browns we're drinking the kool-aid everyone hates the patriots it would be great hey you know what's gonna be monday someone morning put up 40 on the patriots so that i can get i don't even care about out. that they win this game it's going to be Browns have Super Bowl aspiration. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Like that is immediately going to go right back to that. All right, two more quick games. we we got to get out of here for today. We're running a little bit long. But the Raiders at the Texans. The Raiders, look, Josh Jacobs is amazing. It's so great. But Tyler Williams, or Tyler Williams, Tyrell Williams, plays, put him out there. It's against the Texans. If not, it's good luck just trying to pick anybody out there because it's Darren Waller and basically is their number one wide receiver if there's no Tyrell Williams. So let's talk about the Houston side of things. Kenny Stills, they, hey, you can't be saved from yourself anymore. Well, I guess, no, yeah, now you can be saved from yourself. You can't be ruined by trying to start Will Fuller anymore because now he's out for multiple weeks. Kenny Stills, who's the more well-rounded wide receiver, Brad? Uh, Kenny Stills has to be inside the top 30 this week against the Raiders, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the upside's <laughs> yeah. there, and the Raiders, the Raiders stink. I mean, I I haven't put my top thirty together yet, but I I have a feeling Stills is going to be in it. <laughs> I love it. I just love his hate for the Raiders. It's great. <laughs> I could just uh, I could smell the KC coming uh, fuming off you. Yeah, Kenny Stills, Kiki Cutie, both of these guys, hot pickups, and both startable. Okay. Anybody else you want to talk about? Duke Johnson or Carlos Hyde, or they are what they are at this point. I mean, I, 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 we I saw a lot of people, you know, thinking this could be a Duke week. I mean, it could be, but, you know, don't have a lot of I feel like you're always chasing it. with that one. Yeah, you really are right. with both of them, kind of. So, last one, Sunday night football, Packers at Chiefs. Packers at the Mahomeless Chiefs. Uh, sorry, Brad, this is definitely painful. It's only a few weeks. 
as a flip side to things, because tell me if I'm wrong, but with the Chiefs now, it's Tyreek Hill, LaShawn McCoy, Travis Kelsey, the end. Even if Sammy Watkins is out there, like, I mean, that just feels like it's now a gamble with Watkins, as is, it was a gamble with Demarcus Robinson and Michael Harmon and Byron Pringle and the rest of them. Anybody want to disagree on that? Because there's a different question I have here. No, I, I think that's fair. You can't trust any of them right now outside of those three. Same for you, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then, Brad, here's the counter, or not, I guess, counterpoint to it. I'm buying low on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey everywhere I can because the responses and the questions I'm getting, I don't know if you're seeing the same thing, Chris, but on The Athletic is like, it feels like people are acting if Patrick Mahomes is out for the season and Nathan Peterman's coming in at quarterback. Like, Tyreek Hill's still a wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey's still a top five tight Like, but go buy low. People are panicking. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. If people if people are panicking and giving you deals on these guys, absolutely. Because Adam, there there was talk in Kansas City this week that there's a chance this is the only games Mahomes misses because he he because they played on a Thursday, it, he'll have a full two and a half or Barkley it <laughs> two and a half weeks until that his next game. And there's a chance like he it just wasn't that bad. I mean, there was a there was a rugby a rugby uh, clip going around Kansas City that some of the newscasters were posting this week. It was a rugby guy who who literally had his kneecap pop out. He pushed it back in place himself. Trainers walked him to the sideline and then he ran right back on the field. And it's like, wow, kind of lost a little bit of respect for Mahomes not not staying in the game there. <laughs> but but it's just the fact that like this is an injury that is it can be there's massive ends of the spectrum. And it's very possible as tough as the guy he is. I mean, we've seen it all season playing on the high ankle sprain all season and he, he wasn't coming out of games. There's a chance that number one, See, this that's why his ankle I, get I better. hold him out even longer to make sure yeah, it's man, all healthy. Yeah. And, and granted, they're not going to put him out there if he's not ready to go. But there's a chance that he he heals, you know, he heals quickly, and he is out there two and a half weeks after the injury. And that was the advantage of them playing on a Thursday. And and bottom line, you know, he wants to get out there. Week eleven, they got the Patriots. They got a week twelve bye. He wants to be out there for that New England game a thousand percent. So I I don't see this being a long term thing. Yeah, I would even put him in the conversation by low. And you know, I know it's a quarterback, and maybe you're in a good spot, but I think you know there could be a Mahomes owner who's panicking a little bit. But yeah, Tyreek Hill only needs one catch, and I think Matt Moore is actually capable. I don't think he's capable of putting up Mahomes numbers, but I think he's capable of of having, you know, making Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver too. You know, from week to week, or Kelsey is a top five tight end. Like he's gonna lean on those two guys, so it only takes one or two catches from Hill, and we saw it last week, right? Oh, everyone was panicking. Hill, get him off my roster. I don't want anything to do with him. Like it sucks. Mahomes is gone, and then all of a sudden it's one catch he brings to the house. It's like, oh, Hill is fine. He's great. I'm not. I'm not trading him at all. I'm not dropping him at all. So he's extremely explosive. Um, you know, Mahomes. I think I could. I would even start him in a two quarterback league this week against Green Bay. All right. So then finish that off on the other side of it is Green Bay. Are we talking about the wide receivers in the same boat as the Chiefs wide receivers, Chris? Assuming it sounds like Devontae Adams probably returns this week. And if so, I mean, we're not trying to guess. I mean, now with the fact that Lazard's in the mix too, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, Lazard, even Coomer, like it's just pick your poison and hopefully yours scores a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, like if Mahomes is playing in this game and, and Adams, I would feel a little bit better about the rest of the wide receivers, you know maybe getting involved and it's a potential shootout, but I think it's just going to be a lot of, of Jones and Williams. And that's the recipe to beat Kansas city, even with no Mahomes and Adams. I think even MVS, he finishes the top five wide out. He only had two catches. One was like an 80 yard score. He, I mean, somebody slipped on him and it was a touchdown at the very end of the game. You can't rely on that. He's been pretty brutal for four or five weeks in a row. Now I, I wouldn't roll him out. If I'm choosing one, it's Allison. 
it used to be the recipe to defeat Kansas City to run on them, but they completely shut down the Broncos running game. Yeah, it's one and I, game. And, and you're right. I, I'm this is this is my Chiefs fan playing devil's advocate here. But I, at the same time, they they talked about how all season long, like learning a new defense, switching not only a new defense, but like it's a completely differently formatted defense from what anybody on the Chiefs had run before. They're running a four three for the first time. They're they are finally starting to click and it all clicked in, in one game. And that's the way they talk about, like they all, they all feel like they have to step up with Mahomes out. Like they're, a- they're answer not the be Packers question. This isn't a chief show. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I, I do like Aaron Jones and, and Jones Jamal Williams from a touchdown perspective in this game, because I think they will have to score some points still. I think the chiefs will still put up in, in the twenties and, and it's not going to be a, you know, the 17 to 10 game that, that some people think it might be without Mahomes. At the same time, I don't I don't like any of the receivers outside of Devontae Adams if he plays because I don't I don't think this is a it's going to be a super huge volume passing game. I think they're going to rely on the run game and try to 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 control the clock still. There's been five backs at I least 100 I, yards against them. Jones is getting 100 too. I think uh times hours needs to reach out to Brad and get you on the podcast over there. <laughs> That's the that's the Chiefs podcast for the athletics. Just so you know. Yeah, you should be a guest Ta- over there. Yeah. Times hours. So there you times go. Hours. Which all right. Which I got, I got a little bone to pick with that. I'll tell you after the show. Anyway, before we get out of here, make sure that speaking of theathletic.com slash name of the show, the throwback, uh, you get 40% off. Make sure you're following Brad Ziegler at Brad Ziegler for all your Chiefs talk, all your Raiders hatred, all that type of stuff is good times. Chris Meany at Chris Meany also helps you out with hockey. Maybe even a little bit of basketball, even though he's taken away, he's a step away from that. But I'm at All in Kid, and we'll be back on Monday to recap this, talk about Monday Night Football and all sorts of good things. So good luck in week eight, guys. We love you. Go, Bishon. Hmm?